welcome to the Book Talkies podcast, a unique show where we take you into the wonderful world of books. On this platform, I, Anirudh, and I, Kaustub, will be conversing about the books we have read and come to love. Our purpose for this podcast is to make you fall in love with books. As we discuss our perspective on some bestsellers and hidden treasures, we hope to persuade our listeners to join us on this splendid journey of reading. And now, let's dig right in. Good evening, Kostab. How are you? Hey, Anirudh. Good evening. All is well this side. I hope the same with you. Yes, that's right. Thank you very much. I'm doing well. In this episode, we are talking about a rather hyped up book, in the world of finance, psychology of money by Morgan Housel. Oh, yeah. right? Your favorite subject. Certainly mm-hmm. it is. Yes, that's right. And uh, the book talks less about how to manage your finances, but more importantly, about how our relationship with finance is, and more specifically with money. I would actually say, okay, a confession, which I also said in the last episode. I didn't like the book at the first time. Okay. And it was you who made me reread it. See, the books like my my perspective when I when I first read read The Psychology of Money, okay, I tried to compare it with books like Intelligent Investors or Rich Dad Poor Dad, where these books, you know, they try to give you a methodology of how to invest, where to invest, and how to make your money grow. And I did not find anything like that in the psychology of money. I was but I was 100% wrong. You said something which made me pick up the book and look at it from a different perspective. I did. And for our listeners, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminding, what was, was that? Very, it was a very unique way of putting, of making someone read the book, right? So for our listeners, when Anirudh and I were discussing about, should we include this book in the pipeline? I said, no, you know, I don't, I don't like it. But he said, don't you think that when you consider money, Okay, as your partner or as your fiance or as your girlfriend or as, or even your boyfriend <laughs> wouldn't yeah wouldn't you want to learn more about the psychology of your your partner or what your boyfriend or girlfriend thinks wouldn't you want to learn um, a bit more about them gather some more information about them so that your relationship becomes stronger wouldn't you want to know you know understand them better which will help in enriching and solidifying your relationship. And what what the way Anirudh said, yeah, I think that's it. That's this is this is beautiful. So I picked it up, and when I read it from a perspective of you know understanding money, it just blew me away. Well, I'm happy I could motivate you to read. Let's hope we can yeah. motivate our audience as well. So, I'd probably start by asking you, are you already a more learned man about finance now, having read this book? Come on, dude. I mean, it's you, you, you just said, it's this book isn't about that. It's about how we think about our money, right? And mm. that certainly has changed for the better after reading the book. And of course, our readers who would pick up this book will also find it that way. Rightly, the psychology of money, it doesn't give you any secrets to become rich, okay, nor any investment advice. It will rather make you more open and accepting towards your approach to finance. Uh, For some, it may 
just give you a reason to value what you spend most of your life working for and that's earning money hmm i totally agree with what you've just said kasup and uh, yes it's more about your relationship with money than how you manage mm-hmm. your finances now if we think about it the world has as many people who curse themselves for opportunities that were missed like the bitcoin wave and then there are also those who track every single movement of the market as if their life depended on it mm-hmm. then there are also those who in their imagination they'll think okay if i had a lot of money i want a bmw a big house big vacations and what not and then there right. are those who are happy and content with what they have right now right. now with all of these complexities if someone was to with a bird's eye view look at all of these people hmm. he or she would be amazed at how people think so differently about just one thing money and this hmm. book has actually helped me understand why this happens it's because every person has a very different relationship with money it's as simple as that hey wait let let me cut you here haven't you already summarized the book now why do we need this episode let's end this episode my job is done here again human psychology <laughs> i can go on and on about finance about this book and you are ready to end this episode okay <laughs> how about we start with a rapid fire question to get you all warmed up mm-hmm. for this episode okay what comes to your mind when you hear the word money um salary savings investment interesting why didn't you say hmm. spend huh why didn't i say spend i don't i don't know i don't know okay so back at you what comes to your mind when i when you hear the word money comfort eventually freedom and yes financial management comes without saying because i try and manage my finances as optimally as i can so cool right so just between two of us okay we know each other pretty well we have worked for quite a long time but we look at money we look at finances so differently and i think that's the beauty of this book that's the central idea of this book and i would like to quote what morgan says and i think we would bring this point up uh, you know multiple times he says and i quote people from different generations raised by different parents who earned different incomes and help different values in different parts of the world born into different economies experiencing different job markets with different incentives and different degree of luck learn very different lessons whoa okay hold it hold it that's a lot of difference but yeah, i think right, it's it a is. very important theme of the book and since i have the book handy i'm going to repeat this for our audience <laughs> yeah people from different generations raised by different parents who earn different incomes and held different values in different parts of the world born into different economies experiencing different job markets with different incentives and different degrees of luck learn very different lessons how powerful and important is that yep okay so how about we start off with an example which really relates to the central theme from my own personal life and okay. this is to do with uh, my family so how mm-hmm. i look at money and how my grandfather looks at it are very different and i like i personally believe investing 
most of my earnings while my mm-hmm. grandfather on the other hand would believe in saving most of what he earns mm-hmm. i on one hand is a, is a firm believer in the idea of compounding with a long term horizon for me it's not about earning the highest returns in the market it's more about earning good returns that i can stick along for a long period of time whereas okay when i talk about my grandfather he follows the market in and out very very closely with its ups and downs he'll be booking his profits mm-hmm. whereas i don't now is he right or hmm. am i am i missing out on something that he is gaining maybe maybe not mm-hmm. i pick up something which the author says in the book which sums it up quite well every financial decision that we make makes sense to us in that moment it checks all of the boxes that need to be checked we tell ourselves a story about what we are doing and why we are doing it and in mm-hmm. that moment that story makes sense to us because of our unique experiences so coming back to that question mm-hmm. what i do works for me as much as what my grandfather does works for him well in your case there is a significant generation gap don't you think yes. so? your father your grandfather has a different ideology you have a different thinking maybe let me top it up with my personal example right okay yeah. my i have my cousin we belong to the same generations we both have invested in in real estate in bangalore we both have or that i would say had in my case invested in our company's um, employee share purchase plan so for our audience employee share purchase plan works in a way where company gives employees an option to buy the stocks in a discounted price we both work for the same company by the way interesting and yeah and and after covid as as all, all of us know tech stocks it just you know were all time high from my point of view what i did was i took out the money okay to pay off my emi it was a home loan which he didn't and when we discuss about this he said yeah, you know what cost um, i wouldn't want to touch this because this is my retirement fund and i was like why why wouldn't you why didn't you book the profits you know and i told him see i i want to reduce my debt as early as possible see difference of opinion and that's what the psychology of money is all about right and it's this is where you know i would like to highlight some key points okay which made me confirm what morgan has to say he kind of elaborates that in such a situation both the parties me and my brother we both are right we both can be right but we both can be wrong as well so we as i said we both had different perspectives to this line okay okay and i would want to acknowledge what morgan says the unknown quotient so unknown exactly what he what he means the uncertainties the randomness the chance which are ever present in life and you, you can't see it every now and then yeah the only way he says to deal with such unknowns is one either by increasing the gap between what you think will happen and two what can happen while still living your you capable of fighting another day to to sum it up your personal experience in my case my experience with with money it makes up minutest percentage of what's happened in the world but maybe a significant percentage of how i think the world works great depression we have all have heard about great depression we personally can only read about it okay because we okay. haven't gone through and i don't 
personally i don't have any emotional scars of of the people who have actually experienced it and the people who have actually lived through it they would say hey why will you actually invest in in stocks right because that's what led that was one of the one of the factors what which led to great depression then so that 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 really made me understand my brother's psyche his psychology behind his decision the way i have seen him growing up okay, i know that there are a lot of dependencies on him he has his retired parents who do not have a really strong retirement strategy his in-laws are dependent on him i think he has seen this firsthand and that's what you know influenced his his decision of saving for his retirement because that is the most important point for him yeah so But a lot of case, lot of family yeah. commitments i understand exactly exactly and i have a different case altogether my parents and even in my my in-laws they're financially independent debt free and that is very critical for me because i have seen that growing up to live debt free so the biggest influential factor for me for my decision was to you know let go of my current debt as early as possible i think i would want to ponder upon two factors when anyone makes such financial decisions right one is volatility the question that morgan asks in the book is can you survive if your assets decline by 30% in my case it is very a big factor for me i want to get away from my debt as soon as possible so that i can actually live this life you know i can actually survive when the assets are declining and another he says is retirement but what if the future returns are lower what if my brother is wrong i don't know right i, I just don't know yeah but don't you also think in the long term horizon markets have done well if if we zoom out if you remember there have been a lot of these posts on social media which talk about zooming mm-hmm. out looking at the bigger picture of the markets going up yeah. don't you think your brother is actually playing the long term game i agree to an extent i also understand that long term financial planning is essential no doubt about it but things change you know both the world around you and your own goals and your own desires they keep changing we have to be very cognizant about it hmm. okay and i think i having agreed to your point i also kind of understand where my brother is is coming from and you know charlie charlie munger yes. munger warren buffet's uh, right hand partner in berkshire hathaway okay i think he he has said that the first rule of compounding or long term financial planning is to never interrupt it unnecessarily but anirudh my thinking is how do you not interrupt a money plan in my case i want to go debt free as soon as possible so why shouldn't i book my profit right now there is no right or wrong answer and i can say not even warren buffet can confidently say this way or the otherwise hmm i would agree and while we are talking about home loans i as a person mm-hmm. while we have said there's nothing right or wrong about it i as a person don't really believe in the idea of debt a lot of mm-hmm. people will consider me stupid because most people feel home loans are a tax saving option but for me any form of debt is unnecessary stress which i can't take on hey wait okay that's interesting but confusing but don't you want a house for yourself well i do 
but i am happy mm-hmm. to wait as much as it takes or for that matter stay on rent for as long as it takes but i will okay. only buy a house something like a house when i can afford it with the upfront cost which comes with buying a house right okay and it's more because peace of mind and the freedom to do what i want when i want for as long as i want is much much more important to me so mm-hmm. does a credit card have benefits yes has buying become mm-hmm. easier with emis yes but will i do it no okay now if, if while we're talking about this i think a lot of people including my family feel that i live a very frugal lifestyle i don't spend too much i i feel i'm more rational about spending money than emotional a lot of people would be more emotional when they buy a house i i am more rational mm-hmm. from that perspective so my focus revolves more around what i need instead of what i want and for that matter i will make no compromises when it comes to what i need but will sure. i pay attention to what i want mostly not as an example if i need a new phone the first thing i will ask myself is what do i need the phone for watching mm. youtube making phone calls whatsapp that's about it correct so do i need to spend on something like an iphone to get that done no right i can do it with a 15 20000 phone so do i need an iphone no can a 15 20000 phone do it for me yes that's it that's how i decide where i have to where i'm supposed to spend mhm now for me the goal post does not move what what i see around is that people as they get richer they spend more mm-hmm. for more comfort and while i'm certainly not against it i just don't find that as a worthwhile proposition because mm-hmm. you end up in that same vicious cycle you earn more you spend more then you earn even more you spend even more and most of this comes because of our social comparison if i can say that because we see people around us getting big cars so we think okay i also need a big car and then we right. also see people wearing expensive clothes so even we want them now the author morgan mentions it in his book and i quote you might think you want an expensive car a fancy watch and a huge house but i'm telling you you don't what you want is the respect and admiration from other people and you think that by having these expensive stuff that will get you the admiration and respect it almost mm-hmm. never does and especially never from the people from whom you want that respect and admiration and i stopped comparing myself to others so now i was playing a very different game and that that worked for me yeah i you know in this situation what my father would ask okay he would ask hey what are you earning for if if not for a life of leisure <laughs> that's true that's true well uh, yeah. to that point i would say that covid has taught us well enough that things don't go according to plan and if i can again quote something from the book it's important to plan for the plan not going according to plan right <laughs> cool. yeah interesting right <laughs> So yeah, I don't yeah, see very much. Any reason to risk what I have and need for what I don't have and what I don't need? A frugal budget and flexible in terms of my thinking keeps me much more happy in life instead of hoping against hope that everything is going to go according to plan. 
very beautiful point anirudh i i love this and I, let let me swing it my way sure uh, you know people in my life whom i have observed i just told you about my father even though he says that you know you have to lead a life of leisure my father has always been a very risk averse in, in investor what i've seen is or what i know is he have always invested in what we call as fixed deposits okay the, the traditional way of investing or saving money recurring deposits and real estate okay because house is important for us my father in law along with all these okay he has a wider portfolio he also has invested in uh, you know ppfs mutual funds and i don't know when he has invested in blue chip stocks but with both these two different investment styles one thing is very common uh, for them they value family bonding they value health they do not compare themselves to others these are three basic principles that they lead their life on brilliant having said that now my father is retired he's kind of splurging now you know he wanted to experience how does bluetooth headphones you know feel like so he just bought bluetooth headphones but that's have that that's aside i think he should okay. i think he should I, I, that's very good <laughs> exactly yeah uh, and so i have these this you know this very promising learnings from my from my parents and my in-laws and i wasn't getting the word of what is this learning right and morgan he made a very ordinary word super powerful and that word is enough now what is enough in financial terms it's actually the hardest skill to stop the materialistic goal post from moving hmm. okay? it's one of the most important aspects of financial stability now i think life isn't fun you know if without a sense of enough the formula for happiness we can say is is just results minus expectations so the idea of having enough might look like conservatism some for some people but for me it this is very very invaluable even for my parents and my my in-laws reputation is invaluable freedom and independence they value it truly my family and friends they that's that's where they find their real treasure in ultimately this is what is happiness for them so that is invaluable very important learnings i think we can all take away a lot from that and uh, while we have talked a lot in terms of examples of savings why not spend some more time talking about our investments because including you and me a lot of people right. today are going bonkers about managing their finances <laughs> what do you what do you really make of that right yeah and one of the when you threw that rapid fire round at me and one of the prominent points i said is investments so investment is also very important for me and my family yeah so my sister okay she is um, at a respectable position in a in a very interesting startup she hasn't gone the so called traditional way of investing or saving money she is very aggressive i would say again in my opinion okay she is very aggressive in putting her money in stocks trying her hands with cryptocurrency and what not my sister in law is she is a marketing digital marketing manager she also invests a lot but her investment style is mutual funds one of my friends who is in the same profession as i am he's also a, a you know a sales you know technology sales person he has his hands full in invest, investments i i i believe 
he has everything you know he's invested in fds rds he has not invested in real estate though i think he has the same mentality as you have but he he has invested in stocks he has invested in cryptocurrency he is a big fan of nfts right and these if i compare their ages uh, these people are you know in their mid 20s early 30s and this generation i don't know why this love for in my opinion like you know this risky investment hmm. where does this come from i just don't know right so all in all if we see that people from this generation our generation for that matter are mm-hmm. focused more around investing their money managing their finances and i believe it has a lot to do with how things have been over the last decade if we look back 10 year in the 10 year horizon there have been no major financial crisis yes there was covid the markets went down for a brief period but they have recovered right. and gone gone up uh, very well cryptos okay. nfts are booming as you've mentioned most of us who have been in their 20s early 30s have started earning at a time where the markets have been doing well we have a very right. positive outlook of the economy doing very well and there is right. a lot of appreciation for content around managing your finances becoming financially free which if we look back into the 1970s 1980s would have really been unimaginable well the way you put it i wouldn't i don't have any any disagreements to it but again the way i i see money right for me from my perspective they want to get wealthy you know my my sister my sister in law my my friends who have talked about they want to get wealthy but there are millions of ways to get wealthy and there are so plenty of books which tells us how to do so i still find two fundamentals which will not just make you get wealth but also make you stay wealthy it's actually the combination of frugality and paranoia so the example that you you know your personal example yeah. you are you, you are frugal and for a critical element of a society including many of the wealthiest and most powerful among us this one one challenge i have i have observed there seems to be no limit of gaining today that's so true and i think when when we when we come to that point we also cannot underestimate the importance of luck and risk in all of this when it comes to money yeah right I'll, i have a very beautiful example as i said about my my, my father in law Do, do you know Saraswat Bank? Have you heard of this bank? Yes, I have. Yeah. So, to, for our audience, Saraswat Bank is a renowned urban cooperative bank in India. And my father-in-law, I'm, I'm very proud to say that he was the chief general manager. Whoa. Okay? Yeah. And I took my family for a good ice cream treat. That's where he told me a very, a very important point. He said, "Do you know Naturals ice cream?" I said, "Yeah, I know it." He said Saraswat Bank is one of the biggest lenders of Naturals ice cream. And I was like, wow. So I asked him this couple of questions which will make us understand how luck and risk go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. I asked him that when this when this happened, did his bank know that Naturals as a brand would be so successful? Long story short, he said no. He didn't know. I also said that did his bank have all the right checks and balances? when they lend the money to naturals he said yeah of course they they follow this protocol 
and i i also asked him that do they also have these checks and balances for other businesses as well when they want to lend money he said yeah that's what they do i also asked him but were there some bad deals where some of the businesses didn't pay their money back said yes that has happened did they know about did the bank know about uh, these businesses he said no i'll say smart questions him, smart questions that you have asked there <laughs> yeah i actually kind of put him in the spot he he told me having naturals onboarded in our bank we were very lucky that's the point right at the time when his bank lent the money to uh, naturals they didn't know that naturals will become such a mega brand so the point i'm making is it was a risk in uh, lending money to naturals as a brand so the way we see luck and risk we see these are they are they are siblings they are both the reality that every outcome in life is guided by forces other than the individual effort in this case the bank's effort morgan rightly says uh, in the book nothing is as good or as bad as it seems yeah with this example i've i've come to realize that someone else's failure is usually attributed to bad decisions you would say ah you know you know he he took a bad decision you know he shouldn't have done that he should have read about it he should have done all the course correction when there was time but no you can't you can actually say that and similarly when it comes to our own failures you always say ah you know i i took a bad risk and it didn't pay off you sure, can't also say luck. that with enough yeah we you can't say that with enough confidence right we so, all do this so yeah i think so this is the beauty of luck and risk when we see them together right the trick when dealing with failure is arranging your financial life in a way that a bad investment here and a missed financial goal there won't wipe you out so you can keep playing until the odds fall in your favor right so going back to the same point of playing the long term game i think if i take this to my personal life uh, one one last example maybe i personally respect risk quite a lot and mm-hmm. uh, i've purchased rather invested in a life insurance and a health insurance over and above what my company covers me for i feel very both important. of these yeah. are very very understated but very important things Correct. and i consider these as room for error in my life so mm-hmm. some people might ask why spend so much to get these insurance policies i feel with this coverage i don't need to worry about pulling out all of my investments when god forbid there's an emergency health issue room mm-hmm. for error tends to help me stick long enough for the compounding to do its magic and as you said the longer you can stay in the game the better you can do so with enough room for error in part of my strategy which is in this case insurance i can endure hardship in the other part of my investments which is stocks cryptos mutual funds and i can mm-hmm. wait and i can patiently see them going up and down and up and down and i will still always have an edge over people who get wiped out when they are wrong or when they are forced to withdraw all of their investments in times of crisis so the beauty of risk in my own life you know what anirudh i think if i were one of the listeners of this episode i would have already ordered the book and would have started reading it I it's, hope our audience a, is a, doing that right now. <laughs> yeah, hoping for that. 
well so what do we want from our life or in this context in in the context of this book and the context of this, of this episode what do we want from our money we have this very cheesy dialogues in bollywood right and one of the dialogues it says you cannot buy happiness with money and for our audience both anirudh and i unanimously after reading the psychology of money we beg to differ as morgan housel says use money to gain control over your time because not having control of your time is such a powerful and universal drag on happiness the ability to do what you want when you want for as long as you want to will ultimately lead you towards your happiness well said dr kostup well said and in the next episode of the book talkies we will shed some light on the european continent in the 1940s the time of world war 2 especially on germany poland and auschwitz we will talk about a unique novel and actually a graphic novel called as mouse by art spiegelman mouse is a non fiction book presented in the graphic novel style it depicts spiegelman interviewing his father vladik about his experience as a polish jew and holocaust survivor i think the topic is quite relevant especially now during the russia ukraine crisis but that is not the only reason this is the only graphic novel which is one the pulitzer prize this brings us to the end of this episode of the book talkies thanks for listening in if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to our podcast and help us spread the word we would truly appreciate any feedback that you may have so please use the link in the description to leave your comments thanks again see you in the next episode till then happy reading